Well, as we study God's Word tonight, I would like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 and verses 24 through 30 is the passage, the text that we will be looking at tonight. Mark chapter 7 and verses 24 through 30. And this is what we read. And from there he, Jesus, arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. There are certain passages of scripture in the Bible that ought to grab our attention. Not that they all shouldn't, but there are just certain passages that I think ought to grab our attention, that ought to cause us to sit up and take notice in a special way. There are passages in the Bible that give us insight into the heart of God and to what pleases God. And I don't know about you, but I want to know what pleases Him, what touches His heart. For example, in the Gospel of Luke, there is the story of the woman who comes into the place where Jesus is reclining at table. And she is so thankful for her salvation in Christ that she comes at the feet of Jesus, lets down her hair, pours perfume on his feet, weeps and wipes his feet with her hair. And Luke tells us that she washed his feet with her tears and wiped his feet with her hair. If you've been a part of this congregation for quite a few years, you will know that I've preached on that passage a number of times. In fact, as I was looking back this week, I think over the last 20 years, i preached on that particular passage three different times, may preach on it again in the future. I have even made the statement to you that I think it is one of the greatest worship scenes in all of the Bible, that her brokenness and humility and absolute greatness or gratefulness for her salvation is something that we all ought to seek to emulate and to copy. I think of the ten lepers who were healed by Jesus and went away. And only one of them comes back. 
And he falls at the feet of Jesus and is so thankful. And the Bible says he was a Samaritan. And immediately Jesus asks a question. Do you remember what the question was? Where are the other nine? What a convicting question. Ten lepers were healed. Only one comes back. And he's a Samaritan. He's not even a full Jew. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? And Jesus is pleased. And I love when the Bible says that this man healed of his leprosy comes back and falls at the feet of Jesus and just thanks him and praises him. I think of the famous story, again in the Gospel of Luke, of the tax collector and the Pharisee, the King James famous rendering the publican and the Pharisee. But this tax collector, so broken over his sin that he beats his chest. And the Bible says this, he will not even lift his eyes to heaven. He is so broken that he will not even look up. And then he renders those famous words, God have mercy on me. A sinner. And those are the kinds of passages that ought to grab our attention. Those are the kinds of passages that teach us how to worship, teach us how to come to God. And we have another example of that right here tonight. And I say to you, this is an important passage on how to come to God on how to have the kind of attitude and heart that pleases God. So our first point tonight is Jesus and Gentiles. This is the only time in the record of our Lord's public ministry that he is seen leaving the ancient borders of Israel and going into a Gentile land. That sentence comes directly from a commentary on the Gospel of Mark written by R.C. Sproul. That's what he says. He says, this is the only time in the record of our Lord's public ministry that he is seen leaving the borders of Israel and going into a Gentile land. That alone ought to cause us to pay attention. And it says in verse 24 in the first part, and from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. This is the heart of Gentile country. And this area, this particular area of Tyre and Sidon has a long history of antagonism with Israel. So Jesus is going into an area that he knows has a history of antipathy, of antagonism toward the people of Israel. And in the second part of the verse We read, and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. And so we ask, why didn't Jesus want anyone to know? And it says, yet he could not be hidden. And the answer is, we don't know for sure. But one of the reasonable possibilities is the context of this whole account here is that Jesus has been again confronted by 
And in a combative conversation with the Jewish religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they're asking, asking him why his disciples eat food with defiled hands or unclean hands. And he tells them that they put more emphasis on the traditions of men than on the commandments of God. And then Jesus then begins to teach about what really defiles a man. It's what comes from the inside, not something from the outside. And some believe, although we don't know for sure, that Jesus may have just needed to get away from this combative environment to give him some special time with his disciples to enable him to have some extra time for teaching. But we do know this. We may not know why exactly he went there, but when he gets there, he has the divine appointment. And he knew that a divine appointment was, was coming. Jesus' visit to the house is immediately interrupted by a Gentile woman, and I want to emphasize tonight that she is a Gentile. In verses 25 and 26, we read, but immediately, so it didn't take very long, word had gotten out that Jesus was in the area, but immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. So we have a woman whose little daughter is demon-possessed. She is possessed by an unclean spirit. And we just need to pause right there. We are in a church here where we are very fortunate to have all kinds of families, to have all kinds of young families with small children who wonderfully, beautifully are running around our church every Sunday. And there's a special emphasis on here. It was not just her daughter. It was her little daughter. And she was demon-possessed. I don't know exactly what that would be like. That a little girl was possessed by a demon with all the ramifications and consequences. And her motherly, her God-given motherly instincts go into overdrive here. She is going to do whatever she can to help her daughter and protect her daughter. And the first part of verse 26 is packed with important information. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. She's not an Israelite. She's not a Jewish woman. She is a Gentile woman, as I mentioned earlier, from a particular territory that had been hostile to the Jewish people. She didn't grow up under the teaching of the rabbis. She didn't grow up in a synagogue she didn't have the benefit of knowing about Jewish teachings, about Jewish law, about the coming of the Messiah. She had none of those advantages. She was a Syrophoenician by birth. She was a full-fledged Gentile outside of Israel and the Jewish people. But 
when she heard that Jesus was in the area. Whatever she had heard about him, and we don't know fully what she had heard, what word had been passed on, but when she heard Jesus was in her area, she came and fell down at his feet. I love that. That's somebody who needs Jesus. She comes and she falls down at his feet. And she begged him, the Bible says, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. So I just want you to let that kind of soak into your mind and into your soul tonight. She comes and falls down at his feet and she begs him. And some of the English translations give the implication, the inference that she kept saying this over and over again. She kept saying, she kept begging him to cast the demon out of her daughter. She displays a spirit of great humility and total desperation. And I want you to know tonight that pleases the heart of God in all of our lives when we come to him in great humility and total desperation that pleases him because it it acknowledges that the answer is not found in us the answer is not found in the world around us it is found in him and I believe that God is so pleased with her as she comes and has this kind of attitude and prostrates herself fully before him. There is something else I think we are supposed to see here. And I remember back in 2012, some of you may remember this, I preached through the Gospel of Mark. And I think we were able to see this more clearly back then than maybe tonight because we had seen the the preceding passages. But what a stark contrast to the attitude and behavior of the scribes and Pharisees. They are so arrogant, always questioning, always demanding, always antagonistic, always combative. And folks, we need to be careful with that. We need to be careful that with that in our own lives, that we aren't demanding of God. That we don't find ourselves spending our lives critical of other people, critical of the church, critical of things going on around us, because that was the attitude of the scribes and the Pharisees. And she is to, for us to stand in stark contrast to them. They are arrogant and prideful and she is humble and desperate. But here's what has fascinated people about this particular passage. Jesus responds to her in a way that is both puzzling and foreign to us. Verse 27 has been one of those verses that has intrigued Bible students for centuries. In verse 27, he said to her, and this isn't what we expect as we're reading along. He said to her, let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. 
So he says, let the children have their meal first. Because I'm not going to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, on the surface, and critics of the Bible have pointed this out, it appears that Jesus is being pretty harsh and uncompassionate. I mean, she has fallen at his feet. She is begging him to drive the demon out of her daughter, and he gives her this uncommon seemingly harsh response but it really isn't and this is where sometimes we have to dig in to the words of scripture the word he uses for dogs here is very important and it's a key to the whole passage in ancient Israel there were at least two different Greek words that were used for dogs one of the words referred to and it's the most common word for dogs is a word that referred to a very common scene in ancient Israel, and that was scavenger dogs. They used to roam around in packs. They were vicious dogs. They would go around uh, getting into people's junk and garbage. They were known even to eat corpses, and they would just run around in these packs, and people knew about them. And this is what the Jews called the Gentiles. You're a dog. And they would use the word that referred to these pack dogs, to these vicious dogs that would roam around causing problems. In fact, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 refers to his enemies as you dogs. He does. You dogs who rely on the law and mutilate the flesh. And he uses that word. But what's important for us tonight is Jesus uses a different word. It is not one of the scavenger dogs that roamed around. This is a reference to a diminutive, small dog commonly used even at this time in history as a pet in the house. Now this may happen in your own house today, but it was very common in a household then that the family would sit down for a meal and if something fell off the table, the dogs got it. I mean, they had it right away. That was a a common thing to happen and I'm sure the kids or even the adults would, you know, brush some scraps off every once in a while just to make sure that the dogs uh, had some. So it is a fairly affectionate kind of neutral term. But here is what's important. What's important is Jesus is stating to her his mission and ministry. Throughout the New Testament, we understand that Jesus came to the Jews first. His primary message of the gospel, the kingdom of God is upon you, Repent and believe the gospel, which is found in Mark chapter 1. That message was first primarily to the Jews. So first to the Jews. Then, after Pentecost, the gospel message was going to expand from the Jews to the Gentiles. And we see the apostles, especially the apostle Paul, 
the apostle to the Gentiles, expanding the gospel to the Gentiles. And we see this great transition. We see it especially in Acts 10, in the home of Cornelius, the centurion. And we see the gospel going to the Gentiles and the Jews fascinated that it is going to the Gentiles. However, however, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there are certain passages that foreshadow the taking of the gospel to all the nations, the taking of the gospel to the Gentiles, and this is one of them. And so Jesus is saying to her, let the Jewish people be fed first. I'm not going to take what is theirs and throw it to the Gentiles. Not yet. Not yet. The time has not come. In the unfolding revelation of God, in the unfolding ministry of Jesus, it was not yet time for the full-fledged advancement of the gospel to the Gentiles. That's what he's telling her. And here's what's really fascinating. I mean, really fascinating. She gets it. She gets it. And as one commentary pointed out, she gets it better than the Jews get it at this particular point. And the woman's response to Jesus is fascinating. Verse 28. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Notice that. She goes, Yes, Lord. I agree. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. That is an unbelievable response. He gives her this kind of cloaked saying. And she not only understands it, but she responds in a remarkable way. She said, Yeah, the dogs under the table You aren't ready to give it to them, but I know that crumbs fall from the table and even the dogs are fed by them. And what she is saying is this, and don't miss it tonight. She said, I'll take even a crumb of your mercy, of your grace, of your kindness. I'll take anything you have to get to me. I know you're going to the Jews, but if you got any crumbs for me, I'll take them. I want them because my, my daughter's demon-possessed and I want you to do whatever you can to help her. So please notice tonight, she apparently doesn't feel insulted or offended at all by what Jesus says. As I mentioned, she would gladly, gladly settle for the overflow of any mercy, of any kindness, of any grace that Jesus will give to her. Yes, Christ came first for the Jews. But the Bible is clear. He also came for the Gentiles. And Jesus honors the remarkable faith of this Gentile woman. Look at verses 29 and 30. And he said to her, for this statement, You may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. Jesus, 
from a distance, immediately and miraculously heals her daughter, casts out the demon. That's enough to get us excited just in that. He just says the word. The demon comes out. He's not even there. But what I want you to notice is verse 29. For this statement, because of what you said, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. Matthew also records this event. In Matthew 15, 28, Jesus says, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. So we know this. If we put Mark and Matthew together, and we know that the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible, we put them together, we know that her statement expressed great faith. And we know that in what she said to Jesus, she was expressing to him a remarkable faith that caused him to act immediately on her behalf. Well, our second point, our last point tonight is five insights from a Gentile woman. I want us to draw Five things from this passage tonight. I'm sure there are more than five. But there are at least five powerful lessons that we need to take away with us tonight. First, and don't miss it. This is a powerful missionary passage of scripture. This is a powerful cross-cultural engagement of Jesus with a Gentile foreshadowing a foretaste of the great advancement of the gospel which is still going on today which we are supporting fully as a church as the gospel goes to the nations as it goes to all people in every people group around the world and we're getting a taste of it here this was no accident this was no coincidence Jesus responds to the faith of this Gentile woman as a foretaste, a foreshadowing of what we are going to see in much fuller expression when we come and read the book of Acts. Secondly, this Gentile woman expressed great faith with very little knowledge about Jesus. As I shared with you earlier, she did not grow up under the teaching of the rabbis. She did not grow up in a synagogue. She knew about Jesus. She didn't know a lot about him. But what she didn't know, she acted upon and expressed great faith. And for all of us here tonight, never use your lack of knowledge as a reason for not serving or believing Jesus. Doesn't matter that you're not a Bible scholar. Doesn't matter that you didn't get a chance to go to seminary or you're not a seminary graduate. Whatever knowledge you have, give it all to Jesus. Use it to express great faith in Him. I have been sharing with you in the morning services 
as we put on the armor of God, that we want to saturate our minds with Scripture, that we want to fill our minds with Scripture. We want to do that as much as we can. But all of us here tonight, including me, would say we still have a long way to go. But every day, every day, we are not to bemoan what we don't know. We are to take what we do know and use it to express great faith in our Savior. As the old expression goes, use whatever light you've been given and God will give you more light. Don't worry that you don't have all the light yet. Use whatever light from the word of God that you have now and use it to express great faith in your Savior. Third, this Gentile woman saw Jesus as her only hope. He wasn't plan B. He wasn't plan E. She went to him as her only hope. She didn't try to figure it out on her own. She didn't think, well, I'll try this, this, and this, and if all those things don't work, then I'll go to Jesus. No, she sees him as her only hope. If her daughter's going to be healed, if the demon is going to be cast out, it has to be by Jesus, which means she believed he had the power to do it. This Gentile Syrophoenician woman believed that Jesus could do it. Fourth, this Gentile woman would stop at nothing. She begged for mercy. It's my favorite part of the whole passage. Nothing could stand in her way. She went to the house. It was almost like, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but in a godly way. It was almost like she went through the crowd like, get out of my way. I'm going to get to Jesus. Falls at his feet. Begs him to cast the demon out of her little, out of her little daughter. No shame. Didn't worry about what other people think. Didn't try to do it in some proper religious way. She just comes and she begs him. Begs him for mercy. And fifth, and finally, and I hope you're ahead of me on this, we are the Syrophoenician woman. All of us here tonight. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone here is full-blooded Jewish didn't grow up under the rabbis, synagogue. We are the Gentiles. We are the ones who have received the crumbs from the table. And we are so thankful. You are saved tonight. You heard the gospel as you sit here tonight. You are a child of God tonight because of the overflow of God's mercy and grace and kindness. Yes, he came to the Jews first, but there was a great overflow that has gone to the Gentiles and continues to go to the nations, and we are part of that. We are the thankful, grateful people because we have received the crumbs from the table of God. And I'll tell you what, a crumb from Jesus is more than enough. It is enough to save us. It is enough to set us free. It is enough to guarantee us of a home in heaven and of eternal life. 
And I don't have time to go into all of it, but I mentioned earlier the commentary on the Gospel of Mark from R.C. Sproul. And at the very end of that particular chapter on this section, he spends time emphasizing and saying, we are the Syrophoenician woman. That's us. That's us. And then let me say this before we close. Something so special in this passage. I'm going to guess that almost every person here tonight has a hard situation in your life. Maybe it's something in your own personal life. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your extended family. Maybe it's at your work situation. But we all have situations. It's just hard. And there's no answer to prayer, even though we have prayed and prayed. Maybe it's someone who is unsaved. Maybe it's someone who's walked away from the Lord. Maybe it's a very ruptured, contentious relationship that you just have in your life right now. Don't be afraid to fall at the feet of Jesus and to beg him. Don't be afraid to go beyond just a common prayer. Be willing to humble yourself, to fall at his feet. And I don't care if you go in your bedroom and you just fall down and you get on your face before him and you beg him. He honors that. And if you are desperate and if you are humble, He is going to hear that prayer. Let every single one of us learn a powerful lesson from this woman tonight. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, teach us from the remarkable faith of this Gentile woman. Help us to have a childlike faith, a desperate faith, a faith that is willing to, to fall down and to beg and to plead because we believe that Jesus is our only hope and in his name we pray, amen.